On today's show, two middle fingers in the air. Tell them, Roy, bye. Roy Hibbert's defensive performance keys the Hornets to a big opening night victory, and an NBA fan in Philadelphia gets a little too free with the bird. Talking more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people talk in an entire day, you're locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is what we've been waiting for, what we've been hoping for. The regular season is finally here. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. We are coming to you from BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Hornets Nation, good morning. I am good. I hope you are. Well, everyone's good. The Hornets won. The Hornets got the victory. Today's show is brought to you by BetDSI.com, the safe place to bet on the web. Use our promo code HORNETS10 to get a free wager. That's BetDSI.com. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Panthers fans, head over to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed. NBA fans, make sure to check out Locked On NBA with host David Locke now that the regular regular season is underway. All right, let's begin in Milwaukee at the BMO Harris Bradley Center where the Hornets win their preseason opener or season opener, excuse me, I'm still in preseason mm-hmm. mode, mm-hmm. 107-96. The Hornets got off to a fast start, scoring 32 points in the first quarter. On offense, the ball was moving, zipping around, and it was moving towards the basket. The Hornets finished the first half with 17 assists and 28 points in the paint. Milwaukee stuck with it, though. Didn't make this easy on the Hornets. In the fourth quarter, the ball started to stick for the Hornets. Giannis Antetokounmpo took advantage. One of the only things that went consistently right offensively for the Bucks. He finished with 31 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists. But timely blocks from Roy Hibbert, who had 5 on the game, and hustle play after hustle play for, from MKG, seals the deal for the Hornets, who moved to 1-0 on the year. It wasn't the easiest victory, but they got it done as a team. Here's Kimba Walker after the game. Yeah, we just got a lot of stops. We pushed the tempo. We made shots, but um, they, they made their run. But, you know, we was able to, uh, you know, keep our composure and, you know, pull out a big win. All right, David, what were your big takeaways from this win in Milwaukee? I mean, Roy Hibbert was outstanding, I thought, Doug. He was effective on offense. He was a, a stopper on defense. And really, his passing was just such a nice surprise, I thought. And, and maybe that's shame on us for not, thinking that he'd be able to do that as well. But, I mean, he was finding guys on the, uh, you know, cutting to the basket, MKG especially, uh, in great position. And a lot of that offense, the ball movement overall was fantastic. So maybe that should be my takeaway. I mean, he was a big piece of it. But the ball movement was terrific for this team last night. You know, last year they relied so heavily on the three-pointer to get some of those big scoring nights. And tonight, you know, uh, or last night, 30% from three. They did hit seven, but it wasn't like it was um, It was all on the three-point shot. I mean, it was just an overall good offensive performance. Never uh, never trailed in this game, and really it never felt in danger. So uh, that was a, a good thing to see, just how well this team was prepared and ready to go, Doug. I mean, didn't you think they just looked like the, the more prepared team and, and, and not really looking like they were on opening night? Yeah, the more prepared team, the more energetic team, and the team ready to move the ball more. Can I just say this? I love NBA opening night part one and part two because players come out with the same kind of intensity that they would in the playoffs. They 
they've just been chomping at the bit uh, to to get out there and play some regular season action. You know, the preseason is all about sort of getting yourself ready. But then once everybody is ready, they just come out with this great team intensity. And we've seen it in, in performances from Anthony Davis, who uh, scored over 50. DeMar DeRozan scored 40. And then from the Hornets, if I had to bet on two guys who were going to come out with amazing intensity, ready to go, I probably would bet on Roy Hibbert and MKG. Roy Hibbert had a weird season last season in... Uh, Los Angeles was the veteran in a locker room full of young guys, full of immature guys, and it wasn't a situation he liked to be in. So now he's in a better place and he's looking to prove himself. He certainly did last night. And then MKG, who coming off the the injury last season, the, the double injury last season, nobody, nobody wants to be on an NBA court more than Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And he showed it last night, 23 points, 14 rebounds, a steal and a block on 10 of 18 shooting. And then Roy Hibbert, 15 points, nine rebounds, four of those offensive, three assists, and then of course, five blocks equaling Milwaukee's total team blocks. It was just outstanding performances from Roy Hibbert and MKG. And the starting unit, the identity is really starting to flesh out. You talked about this, David. This isn't the same team as last year, not really even the same starting five as last year. They do some things differently. They may not shoot the three ball as well this season, but they do some things better. And Clifford talked about this after the game. A lot of the things that we did well tonight were things that we we struggled with last year. You know, last year we were a good offensive team, but if you look at it, it was really uh, relying on, we got to the free throw line pretty well and we made threes, but our two point shooting and our points in the paint and stuff weren't good. And tonight, I felt like we were a lot better than that. And this is important, David, because if you look back at that Miami series in the playoffs, Miami was able to take away the three-pointer in the playoffs, and the Hornets really had no recourse other than getting Big Al Jefferson back into the lineup, which hurt them defensively. Now, I know it's game one of the regular season, but the regular season is really all about figuring out how you're going to win with this team in the playoffs. And I think finding out that Roy Hibbert is an amazing passer and they can get some more things going in in, in the paint is a, is a welcome sign for this team and they'll shoot okay from the three-point line. I just don't they just don't have to shoot as well from the three-point line and the free throw line to win ball games. You're just not going to always have that and those are two things, free throw line, three-point line that are easier than people think to scheme away. David, what did you see defensively mm-hmm. in this game? I thought defensively, you know, these guys were just so much bigger than especially the Milwaukee starting group. I mean, you had Hibbert in there bothering a lot of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I was going to, I was going to let you hang there and just see if you could get it. I did. uh, That's, I can't believe I I stumbled over that, but anyway, um, he he was bothering him and yet MK, MKG funneling, guys into Hibbert, which is something we haven't seen because we've never had that backline defender. We've never had mm-hmm. that rim protector out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hornets fans, we, you know, you guys know that when you see um, MKG guiding a guy to the basket in years past, it was all up to him to basically finish off that play. And now you got Hibbert back there who can really bother guys. And so I thought that was a big uh, piece of it. I mean, it wasn't a perfect defensive effort. You know, Clipper's not going to like all the fast break points they gave up. 16 of those to, uh, to, to Milwaukee. But, uh, for the first night out, um, I thought they played, they played fine on defense and they got a new presence out there again with Hibbert on the back. Want to talk about the defense some more, but first David, 
you know, the Hornets historically get out to a slow start. So I probably would not have bet on the Hornets to get the dub on opening night. But I should have because I probably would have gotten good odds from our friends at BetDSI.com. They've been in business for over 20 years. It's a safe place to bet. And I can tell you that because I play there. BetDSI.com has a great special for Hoops fans and fans of this show. Sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. And they're offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. BetDSI has great customer service and they pay out winnings fast and easy. And I like those two things, fast and easy. There are hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. And if you're into the UFC, they've got that too. You can even bet on the election. They've got odds for a Trump versus Clinton on there. BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI.com. Head over to BetDSI.com right now. That's BetDSI.com. And use our promo code HORNETS10 to get your free wager and start banking some cash today. And if you do bank some cash... Maybe send uh, maybe send some over our way. Okay, so back to the defense, David. You know, another thing I want to point out, and, and Steve Clifford pointed this out after the game, with Michael K. Gilchrist, Marvin, and Batum all together, didn't get to see those guys all together a lot last season, but when you have those three together, they are able to switch so many times, and it helped against a team like Milwaukee that puts a lot of length and quickness out on the floor at the same time, like Jabari Parker and Giannis Antetokounmpo. They were throwing a lot of different looks at the Hornets, but when they, they one look that they stuck with was Jabari and Giannis, and MKG, Marvin, and Batum were all able to switch those screens and still guard that team effectively, and it really helped them down the stretch. So look at that defensively in, in, in the next few games, how those three switch with one another and are still you know able to hold court. Now, there were still some issues in this one, David. Transition defense was a problem at different points in the game. Giannis was able to get up and down the floor and score some easy buckets. Uh, again, Antetokounmpo was able to get into the paint in the half court as well. So they've got a few things to work out. And the second unit defense, when the entire second unit was out there, they they struggled against quickness. That's going to be a theme uh, throughout this season, I think, that the defense on the second unit will struggle when you have... Uh, smaller players or quicker players out there because there's just a lot of slow feet. And uh, the Hornets, I thought, did a great job of staggering starters into that second unit to prevent them from being out there too long and giving up a lead. Any any hat tips and how do you do's that you want to give out? Any players maybe that flew? We already talked about Roy and MKG, but anyone you want to point mm-hmm. out that that sort of flew under the radar a little bit? Well, Doug, a nice surprise with Cody Zeller yeah. right? playing off the bench. Uh, playing 14 minutes, 15 points, 15 points in 14 minutes on five of six shooting. I mean, who saw that coming? I guess Steve Clifford, uh, but I don't think, I don't think any of the rest of us did. Uh, Cause remind me, Doug, how many minutes did he play in the preseason? Zero. Zero. Right. Zero. Goose egg. And, and that just, and it goes back to that point. These guys were ready to play and Cody is a veteran now. I mean, it's crazy to think of guys like he and MKG being veterans. But look, he was ready to go, and he was effective early on. You know, I, I do still find that uh, last year or years past, Cody, when he gets a good start, when he gets in the flow early, you know, he tends to be a little bit more aggressive or have some more success, and that was the case. 
So hopefully that will continue. But I mean, that was that was nice to see for a guy who hadn't played at all in the preseason. Yeah, it's amazing that he could get into a rhythm and and no worries mm-hmm. for the big fella. And he's bigger and stronger, by the way. So watch out for Cody mm-hmm. Zeller and watch out for Steve Clifford baiting baiting and switching all of us by saying that Cody Zeller will get spot minutes. You, that's a lot of psychological warfare. How about MKG shooting threes? in practice and releasing that video and then MKG just slashes to the rim over and over I'm telling you the Hornets the Hornets are smarter than you think they, they got some psychological so, warfare going on so yeah just real quick on that MKG I mean listen <clears throat> Rick Bunnell was on with us Tuesday night and he stated how important MKG is to the team which which is obvious but I mean my gosh 23 points 14 rebounds Doug Doug field goals 10 of 18 for MKG. A lot of those are slashing. Efficient. But he did hit but he did hit a couple of jumpers. I mean, how many jumpers do you think it would take a game? Two to keep people honest? You know, if he if he shoots a handful, makes a couple. I mean, it doesn't need to be more than that, right? No. No, I, I know. I think you're yeah. you're dead on. And, and maybe and maybe they don't need MKG to stretch the floor as much. Uh, you know, they certainly want him to shoot those corner threes eventually. Um, but yeah. if, if he's playing at this level throughout the season, then then you want him moving towards the basket. The Hornets next play the Miami Heat in Miami on Friday night. That one's set to tip off at 7 o'clock p.m. We'll have a preview of that for you tomorrow. That is the front half of a back-to-back, by the way. They'll fly back to Charlotte and open their home schedule against the Boston Celtics. Okay, let's move on to our one big question, and that's uh, did Roy Hibbert just submit himself in the starting lineup? David, what do you think? Well, I think certainly for now, I mean, he was so effective on defense and on offense, as we mentioned with his passing and and the team just looked like it was moving the ball as a unit. So nicely, I don't know that they would want to throw a a wrench into that plan as it, you know, as it stands right now. I mean, we know Cody, what he can do and they do like him. Uh, I just think having a guy back there with a seven, two out there with MKG, those two guys on the board together, this is a problem that a lot of teams are going to have trouble facing off against. So um, I think they stick with it for now. A lot of it can be situational, but I thought Hibbert was fantastic. All great points there, David. And I think the biggest thing is he influences the game in a way that, first of all, complements the other players that he's playing with, the starters. But I think it's also in a way that Cody Zeller doesn't. And it's Offensive rebound putbacks, it's uh, the tap back offensive rebounds, blocking shots, influencing shots. He probably deserved a few more block shots. The jump balls, we don't talk about that, but those are extra possessions. Possessions that the Hornets did not get very often last season. And passing from underneath the basket. He sees not only the obvious passes that I think Al Jefferson could have hit last season, but he but he sees cutters. That And he's not focused on his offense first, and that's the point. That's what makes a great passer. Uh, so he's unselfish, but he's not focusing on his offense either. And so he's able, uh, these, these slashers, that's what I mean when he fits with this lineup, is that you know Marvin, MKG, and Batum can all cut very well to the rim, and, and he's able to find them. Uh, but I'm not quite ready to give Roy Hibbert the, tight, the, the starting spot yet, and here's why. We're going to get a full look at the different scenarios that Roy Hibbert will be put in during week one. Last night, he was basically in his element. He did not have to guard a back down athletic post player. He could concentrate more on what he did best in Indiana, which was swat slashers as a help defender. Friday, 
He's going to match up against Hassan Whiteside, who is that athletic back down post player. And alongside Goran Dragic, they work the pick and roll between point guard and center about as effectively as anyone in the league. And Roy Hibbert was not tested very much in the pick and roll, didn't have to switch very much in this game. He will uh, against Miami if they allow Roy Hibbert and Hassan Whiteside to go one-on-one, and I feel like they kind of have to. And then Saturday against the Boston Celtics, he's going to be switched on to a power forward if the preseason means anything because he was switched on to the power forward in both games against Boston during the preseason. And that's because the Boston Celtics center, Al Horford, can stretch the floor and hit threes. And so you don't want Roy Hibbert anywhere near the three-point line defensively because Al Horford quick enough to drive by. So those are three very different situations, some that he plays well in and some that he naturally struggles in. So I definitely think he's made his case for now, but I'm not sure this strong box score line that he put up will hold up in all three of those different type of situations, but we'll see. He's certainly motivated. He, he certainly uh, you know, has the, the physical gifts to be an influencer, no matter the situation. We'll see if it holds up. And on this, David, we got a great question in from one of our listeners, Mitchell, about the Hornets going super big as opposed to small and what that would mean. I'm going to save it for Friday because I want you out there listening to send us your question so we can answer them all in a Friday mailbag segment. So tweet us at Locked on Hornets or email your question to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We have a real-life regular season game under our belt now, so I know you have a question about anything. Send it to us, and we'll get it answered on Friday. All right, David, real quick before we end the show, fun thing, an NBA thing to end the show. We have to talk about this guy who looked like Jerry from Parks and Rec, a Philadelphia (laughs) 76ers fan, who, damn it, Jerry, he gave Westbrook the double bird salute right to his face. If you haven't seen this video, uh, just uh, go fun. go on the NBA or you know search Vine for the NBA. It's all over the place. This was crazy. I like how I like how you're you're classifying this as fun. The, the, the obscenity laced <laughs> man in the front row. <laughs> well, all right, David. You know how I feel about fans yeah. who are close to the action, who try to be part of the game, who try to insert themselves into the entertainment, but. I'm giving this guy a pass. I know it's, it's hard to believe, but oh here's, my here's my God. reasoning. These fans in Philadelphia have been so traumatized by the process, by Sam Hinkie's insistence on patience, and, and then you have Joel Embiid, who has looked so good, highlight after highlight, and then uh, Coach Brett Brown saying, well, we'll play him 20 minutes. That, that's a lot of repressed fandom trying to express itself all at once. Some people can handle it. Some people express it healthy. They're a little rah-rah, a little cheer. And then some people, like this gentleman, um, well, express it all at once. And, and you know, so I'm, giving, know I'm giving him a pass. They've been through a lot, David. You know, this gentleman, <laughs> as you as you call him, I mean, what's he so upset with Westbrook about? Did, did he not appreciate the dance moves on the new on the new Jordan <laughs> commercial? I mean, well, I don't so think upset. I don't think and that West, was it. And Westbrook was just like, 
who is this dude? Like, wh- where did these double birds come from? And the, and well, the F-bomb, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, even unlo- Westbrook's reaction unloaded. was like, wait a minute, Philadelphia doesn't, the Philadelphia has fans like this? That's, wait, that's not, that's not <laughs> supposed to happen. So, I mean, you could even take Westbrook's reaction. Look, I don't approve of it. He got kicked out of the arena. That was probably the right move. Uh, you can't have guys doing that, that close to the players. But I understand it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, hopefully he can go back and behave himself now that he's been embarrassed on on national TV and the internet. Oh, I doubt it. Oh, I doubt it. How many <laughs> high fives do you think he's getting this morning? He couldn't be happier with Oh, yeah, that's right. I uh, forgot I'll, he's in Philadelphia. I'll tell you who does deserve a bit of a, a hat tip for that one is the camera guy, the camera work. Because, I mean, those Brilliant. birds came out. I mean, those birds were Nailed it. whipped out like two guns on Westworld. I mean, he got those things out there fast. And he was ready just with the just the just the f bomb that could be heard around the world. So I'm sure he's a big hero in Philly today. But that was super bizarre, and I can't believe you're on this guy's side. I don't even know who you are anymore. What is going on? The regular season has changed me. What can I say? Jeez. All right. Well, that's uh, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes if you want to take part in this nonsense every single day. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us, shoot us your Hornets questions. Don't shoot us the bird. Shoot us your Hornets questions, mm-hmm. your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Don't-